This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, it's a goal! Far post for Shearer, goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Comes to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! It's good to hear from you in what is the most exciting part of the season, and that's the run into a under 18s youth quarter final. <laughs> yes, I'm very, very much looking forward to seeing that. Um, I will see you there, Rich. And um, well, by the sounds of it, it's going to be a very healthy Swindon contingent following following Swindon down to Ashton Gate. So yeah, let's yeah. try and um, let's try and salvage the good bits from this um, mare of a season. Let's let's do so. Uh, usual rules apply. Uh, we are recording this on Zoom instead of our usual other system or whatever you want to call it, and so therefore there may be talking over each other, a few scratches here and there. My sound is never as good on Zoom as it is elsewhere, which is a shame. So apologies for that. So that just means, Dan, that I don't have to do the majority of the talking, which I'm elated about. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm normally good for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we, we'll, we'll start with the concise sentiment that should save us an hour of conversation, but won't, with this summary coming from a Mr. Gavin Gunning, who stated... We didn't know what we were doing, and it was hard to watch at times. Fade to credits, that'll do. Hey, sorted. Cheers, Gab. If only... Well, I wonder if there's maybe some 
contrarian view, perhaps from the club captain, which we could offset those comments against. What's your record? Oh, quite possibly, quite possibly. <laughs> Two really entertaining interviews for different reasons, which we'll get to a bit later on. I was really, really confident that we would beat Tramier, and I was very confident that we would beat Harrogate, regardless of their quite decent away form this season. And by decent, I mean, lots of draws, which is, you know, and their waveform is better than ours, that's for sure. Um, but I was still expecting a win. I don't think that was too much to ask for. And I think, Dan, there's been a lot of conversations in our echo chambers amongst fans, whether it be on social media or in reality in the pubs and you're at work and so forth about whether Swindon could try and salvage something from this season. And we were expecting this to be a conversation where it was beginning to heighten, regardless of having Mansfield next season, next season, next week. And on paper, you look at the fixture list and you think, well, why not? And I think that's what I've been wrestling with. I've, I've never, ever changed my mind that this season has been dead. But in order to get me through this final 25% of the season to get me out of the house for the, especially for the remaining five home games is I need something to cling on to. And then we put in a performance like that and we can talk about miracle runs. We can talk about Bristol Rovers all you want, but there's got to be a bit more oomph to it. And this weekend, I would say, Dan, that Swindon Town showed us in the very physical, literal form that this isn't happening. This is now a scrap to avoid our worst ever season in the lower leagues or in the EFL in our history. Yeah. You know my theory on the Beamish line, Rich. Um, I'll try and keep it pithy. <laughs> but I think, I think regardless of what happens in the last 10 games, I think this is our worst ever football league season. Uh, I feel like I need to defend the um, Ken Beamish here. His side got to an FA Cup fourth round that year. Um, a League Cup second round, I think. Um, and actually, they were playing in front of crowds of 1,800, 2,500, 3,000. Like, Swindon Town were at a real low ebb. And don't get me wrong, the on-pitch stuff out with that. But I just think, you look at the crowds we have been getting, the sort of standing of the club in the league we're in right now, to have not won a single cup game, to have been this dire in the league. I, th- I think even if we snuck past the Beamish line by a point, you know, going 7-0 down at home to a non-league team in the FA Cup, <laughs> to have given uh, the manager a new three-year deal and then sacked him a couple of months later, to have just settled for the interim manager, all the off-field nonsense. I can't, well, I hope there isn't a worse season than this, Rich. But if you're looking at tra- if you're looking at trajectories, yeah, next year's the worry. Eh? Yeah. But no, um, b- back to your original point, and sorry to go off on a little bit of a Ken Beamish defence there. I think, yeah, if, if the miracle was going to happen... We had to follow up that initial Bradford win. And the biggest disappointment probably in Gunning's mind is we played really quite well at Newport for 70, 75 minutes of that game and really shouldn't have lost. We absolutely should have beat Salford City at home. Didn't. Really good at Gillingham for 70 minutes. Should easily have scored four or five. When you look at the, the sort of quality of chances that we missed, end up coming back late on to just grab a little 2-2 and even then nearly giving it away. So, yeah, it was, it was in that little run of games there where had that have gone win-draw, win-win, then I think we could have started thinking about momentum, thinking about miracles. But 
way, way too late now, Rich. Even with a win yesterday against Harrogate, it's not happening. My other theory is actually, I think the little McCurdy bounce and the Gov gun in, oh, he says dar things in interviews. Isn't that fun? Bounce. I feel like this weekend, that tap's just been turned off. I feel like people are very much putting the lens back on the ownership of the club this weekend. And I don't know if it is just a scabby-looking Rolex clock, a horrible-looking sign outside of a club shop, the the uh, the fixture board being coloured in by a Sharpie pen. I, I feel like that that little month that Morfini bought himself with our January business and, oh, Gav got in, we're playing well but not getting the results. I feel like we're, we're, we're done there. I feel like things could get a bit grim now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, th- I think that's reflected in the attendances. I dread the Accrington Stanley um, turnout. I really do uh, in terms of in terms of how many turn up for that. And you, you've listed quite a few things that were quite the conversation point on Sunday. Uh, you've listed much of that and we're not going to go in too hard because we've had a message from a listener who has contacted the club regarding the maintenance issues so i'm going to read out what we've got here one james watt is ordering a complete set of numbers for all the teams next season sorry that's letters So that's letters. Apparently, maintenance team are measuring up too. The club are waiting for Puma to repair the shop sign as part of their contract. Three, the the clock will be sorted next week. And I believe you've had a tweet from a company saying, don't you worry, sunshine. It's all going to be sorted. And finally, um, also uh, queried the blank advertising hoardings on the town in pylons. They were damaged in high winds. These will be sorted towards the end of the season. So there we go. There's, there's, there's an update from the club via a fan, which we appreciate. Thank you to NT for that. So there we go. Yeah, good comms. That's how I would distribute those messages. As well. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be in the minutes um, whenever they decide to do them again because no, they're Rich, not doing them monthly anymore. I, I, I don't know if you're planning to feature more heavily on this later, in which case I can shut up, or if you want to touch on this now, but just that sort of feeling of general shabbiness, lack of pride, just dreary, weary... You know, it's like uh, that, that outside appearance, whilst it may be superficial and, you know, on the inside, maybe a great person or a great club. It just really it just feels like something's clicked in the uh, the fan base's psyche this weekend. It's really resonated. Um, mm-hmm. I, thought, I found it very interesting because these things have mostly been on display for a while, actually. Yeah. And I think it ties in with that point about, you know, oh. Brought in McCurdy, brought in Albazelli, brought in the boys. You know, I just feel like that's what's worn off. I think, I think yeah. you're right, and I wasn't planning to go into a huge amount of detail on this because of that message from the listener. But I think maybe the self-funding or the crowdfunder for the sensory room is a was a trigger oh, yeah. for it. Like, you know, I've I've donated to that, and it's a great idea. And if it's done right, it's going to be a game changer for lots of people who want to go and watch football. But the optics isn't great, really, given... Precisely, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's all I'm going to say about it from my side of things. But I, I think I, I have a sneaky feeling that that crowdfunder probably triggered it a little bit. Perhaps, yeah. Well, again, I think 
we've spoken about Caroline Lay role at the club and a lot of the good work she does. And I, I see that every other Saturday in the junior reds room. I was in there on Saturday playing foosball. Uh, got to meet Tom Clayton. It really is going to be for the children, and, though, Dan. Come on. Harris, well, granted, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, optics-wise, it doesn't scream coordinated, well-run club when you've got staff setting up crowdfunders and then the club sort of a couple of days later saying well we're going to do this and it appears there's sort of a bit of a partner for it etc <laughs> yeah i think yeah it had the had the crowdfunder not gone out and then the comms that followed three or four days after they come out then storming the teacup yeah might be an avoid but it just it I don't know it makes me uncomfortable that club staff would need to go out and try and raise five thousand pounds for something which the club is saying is so important to their match day experience mm, indeed That's indeed yeah. yeah, indeed. Anyway, this this move towards Swindon Town one, Harrogate Town one, uh, seven thousand six hundred and eighty seven at the game, seventy three away fans. So a little increase as as to be expected on a Saturday, um, in comparison to the Tramier game. But like I said, I do worry about Accrington Stanley home in just over a week uh given tuesday's win i think there was little desire to see a heavy rotation but there were four changes again and we made a point to praise gavin gunning on tuesday about uh, selection about how he'd set up but i think generally this time it feels like he got it wrong a wee bit uh, post game gunning on rotation he said it's three games in a week. You've got to be realistic. Went and then he went on to suggest that some can't play more than one game, while others are pl- have played in high games or high amount of games. I think he referred to them as high numbers. Hepburn, Murphy, and Glatzel were fatigued, had sore legs, which remember for most of the season, fatigue wasn't a thing, um, but that is now in place. Harrison Min- Minton, unfortunately, has a hip thingy injury. Gavin Gunning sound weirdly unsure about what his injury was, but Harrison Minton is out now out for the rest of the season, as is Pharrell Johnson. He went on to say that the halftime substitutions were angry substitutions and they were out of frustration. Harry was always going to come off at halftime. He's showing bits and he's happy for him. And Ricky Agua was actually playing quite well, but he had to change it up and there was nobody else to take off, which Sounds absolutely remarkable to me. Let's let's go through the eleven. Then it was Bycroft mm-hmm. in goal. Then Goodwin, Malife, and Kokolo uh, alongside Blake Tracy and McCarthy in defence. Devoy and Khan just ahead. Then you had Aguilar in the Kemp role with McGurk and McCurdy on the wings, and Aaron Drinnen up front. Later we would see Paul Glatzel and Rashad Hepburn Murphy come on at halftime. Charlie Austin come on as soon as Harrogate scored. And later we would see George McEachran and Zach Albuzedi come on. The first half, Dan, wasn't pretty. It wasn't a fun game. There was, It was very lethargic. It didn't scream of a home side that were looking to fight for three points to try and climb the table, whether it's one place and then maybe two, get themselves in as best a position as possible. It was very tired, as tired as the pitch. And what we've heard from Gunning at the end, it just feels like, how is this going to change? Yeah, well, I mean, the obvious thing to say on 
Gunning's comments post match, which you know we are very poor. I don't know why, etc. So like you know, it's it's always quite a meek thing to say because you know you're the manager who's seen them. Well, they probably have Wednesday off and they back in Thursday, Friday. But yeah, he's the one that made the changes. He's the one that does the team talk. He's the one that should be kind of looking at all these GPS stats, etc., etc., whatever. Right? But yeah, quite why there was so much lethargy. It's puzzling. It's kind of one of the mysteries of sport, isn't it? Some days you're on it, some days you're not. But the best I could do for you, I think, in terms of Swindon in the first half, it was kind of it was controlled, it was methodical. They were trying to probe and work their way up the pitch. But certainly the quality of the pitch didn't help. Charlie Austin referenced it in his post match comments, didn't he, around you know, Swindon trying to play on that surface gave Harrogate opportunities to nick the ball back when when it did bobble or Swindon took a loose first touch, etc. So, yeah, it's kind of a bit of a failure to adapt. But I, I think, how could I say it? I, I don't want to say I'm accepting of that first half performance because it wasn't great, but it was kind of okay, right? And had Aaron Drinnen found the corner with his left foot shot from 20 yards rather than putting it wide or McCarthy heads home, shortly before half-time from the corner, which, from where I was sat anyway, looked easier to score than, than miss. Then, you know, we'd have been sat there saying it was a kind of efficient, controlled, 1-0 half-time scoreline. There was the odd little reminder from Harrogate through the half as to why they do have the third-best uh, away record in League Two, which feels remarkable, frankly, um, when you you see the sort of resources available to them and the, the 73 fans in the away end. Well done to them but back in their side on, on such a long trip. Yeah, their threats both came down the left wing. One cross where an on-rushing midfielder should have done a lot better, completely um, mishit it, let go across his body. And another one which kind of hit the little number nine, Odo. Um, he didn't know much about it, kind of hit him on the chest and went wide of the back post. So, yeah, Harrogate were keeping Swindon honest. We were trying to play pitch and conditions, not really conducive, Swindon a bit slow. I'm not sure there's much more to say, Rich. What did you see from your vantage point over and above what I've said? Not a lot more, to be fair. Like I've said in a previous episode, I'm I'm not got any expectations in terms of, you know, if if, if we're gonna if we're gonna be effective and not entertaining, that's fine. But again, given that we've got very little to lose, I I was disappointed with the lack of intensity. And I think you yeah. can be controlled and still give it more of a go than they did. I I don't think they were yeah, fair point. I don't think they were afraid to lose, afraid to fall behind. Harrogate were happy to do what they were doing, which isn't that sort of counter and Odo was busy, but I remember him from Rochdale a couple of years ago and he, it was exactly the same for him where every now and again he looks like he could be a world beater, but he just, you know, he just the, the last thing he does is is is, is the wrong one. So I wasn't really concerned by him. And it just felt like a nil-nil. It just like it was like yeah. the first 20 minutes of Tramier in that sense, where you know we were probably a little bit better than we were against Tramier, but at the same time, nothing was really happening. And and yeah, we had chances, but at the same time, it, it was just like I said, we got five more home games and we've got season tickets to sell. <laughs> it, last year's Gavin Gunning with Steve Mildenhall did not play like that under similar-ish circumstances. And now we just look like, frankly, a team that looks like it's got players going through rehab right now. Yeah, Swindon is the place to send your Crocs, um, get some games into him. But now I'm going to try and find you some positives, Rich. 
Um, I think Godwin Malife looked um, yep. fairly marauding from right back in the first half. I think he has filled the Hutton void fairly well. Aguia, as we've touched on, I think was a lot better for his um, minutes against Tranmere. I think it looked a bit more like his old self yesterday against Harrogate. Agreed. And his substitute um, substitution off at halftime, the reasoning was bizarre and you feel a little bit for Aguia in that. That respect. Um, can we can we just before we move on to others because I completely agree. Godwin Malife probably man of the match. You'll be the one that makes that decision a bit later. But Ricky Agua, we've had somebody who has been essentially bombed out under the previous manager. He's gone back to kind of like what McCurdy did with Swindon. He's gone back to Worthing, found his form again, got recalled, hasn't really played that much. Was okay against Tramia without being spectacular, did nothing wrong, didn't really notice him, he was out of position. And for the first time this season, we saw Ricky Aguilar do things that we want someone to do in that position, from him anyway. And he's hauled off at halftime for no other reason than there was nobody else to take off. And that just doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound rational. And I want rationality from my head coach. I, 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 and it also sounds like you, you're favouriting, you, you, you're prioritising other players because, well, it's Ricky. Ricky will come off. Yeah, he's played well. He's, he's putting the ball in the right place. But that doesn't sound right to me. And of course, we'll find out that he had a mild strain or something, but that hasn't been said post-game. And I just, if a player's playing well that early into a game, Keep them on, right? Hmm. Well, forget logic at this club. Um, <laughs> but no, it's a, it's an especially weird thing for Gunning to say publicly. Surely you just do the manager bit and say, oh, yeah, he just felt something back of his knee or you know, something in his hip, whatever, right? You just tell that little white lie to cover your own anger at halftime. Um, so, yeah, I, I felt a bit fragged. Yeah. Um, the other one I want to come on, on is McCurdy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, he was the kind of headline pre-match. Oh, you know, McCurdy's first start. He's back in. Let's see how he goes. And I think it kind of played out as I as I feared, really. And that was, he was ever so willing, all the usual little pigeon steps and darts inside. But yeah, it just looked like a man who is what he is, which is just feeling his way back into professional football. And a lot of our play went up the right, but it was generally the, the sort of better stuff came from uh Godwin Malife behind him. There's a couple of nice bits of link up play with Drinnen um and we've mentioned the chance. So yeah, it's just I don't know. This kind of phased return to work after an absence is what it feels like for McCurdy. Putting yeah. ourselves in our more admin context that we yeah. work in, Rich. But who is, <laughs> but who is it for, Dan? Who is it's this? not for Swindon, is it? It's but it's not even I mean, for Hibs, I, doubt. I doubt it's, it's even for Hibs. Hibs. He's got a year That's left, but I, I I can't see how he's playing top flight Scottish football. And, you know, cousin Mikey would say he's too lightweight, but that's the thing, you know, that this, the seven month preseason we've got, it's like these players are trialists, but they're going to go and sign for someone else later, you know? Yes. Come play in the shop window. There's no permanence. That's, that's, that's what, that's another thing that gives me a bit of an icky feeling. I love my coffee, but he's not going to sign. He's no. already shown himself to be too capable. I feel like co- the whole Cockler arrangement all season has felt like just kind of a place for him to almost reinstate his credentials as a football league player. It's, it's not actually that good. It might be best for all parties to just shake hands, but at least he's got himself fit. Devoy is about the only one that gives me a little flicker of hope we might get him, given the quality of player available to MK more than anything. 
I don't think any. And then, yeah, I mean, to haul Aguirre off like that probably suggests, even though we're having to use him at the minute because we've got injuries, he's probably, one not in the plans next year. He'll be free to leave. McCurdy, it feels like we're probably paying no wages, but as long as we stick to the um, prescriptive minutes per week, then... uh, we get him for free kind of vibes. I, I think I think he's fighting for his career, Harry McCurdy. I really do. And he, he's showing yeah. those glimpses and you see the he wasn't even bad. You know, I don't want this Oh not bad at all. Just didn't come off for him yesterday. No, exactly. I don't want this chat to be like, oh you're sagging off Harry McCurdy, because we're not, but this is a guy that is clearly fighting to save his career. And we are the the, the team that or the club that have offered him the opportunity to see if this is feasible. And I think it is, but to what level? I don't know. Finally, on Harry McCurdy, what, what's your stance? Because a lot of the conversation on Harry McCurdy um, and the way he was utilised this weekend was, in my opinion, not my opinion, but in the opinion of others, let's have him in the second half. Mm-hmm. Let's let's have him. Let's have him as the impact. Maybe start with Rashan Hepburn Murphy. I know he had a twinge, but he still played half a football, half a game of football. Yeah. Well, I was saving this comment when we spoke about the halftime subs, but I, I agree, actually. If Glatzel and Hepburn Murphy are stiff, but you're looking to carry on the momentum from Tuesday night where, you know, it wasn't a sparkly match, but Swindon were entertaining and played some great attacking stuff and could have scored four or five. I, I think continuity counts for a fair bit, actually, in lower league football. And, um, you know, if you're looking to get 40, 46 minutes into McCurdy's legs, you could bring him on in the 53rd minute like you did Austin, frankly. Because by the time you stick five or six minutes on at the end, there's your sort of 40-ish minutes anyway. Um, yeah, it just that was probably a change too many, McCurdy. Um, I, I didn't particularly mind drilling for Austin, by the way. I know some are moaning about drilling, but Austin obviously played 90 at Stockport, played 60, was it, in the week? So... I wasn't too surprised to see... see Trinan played the whole game. Yeah. It was McGurk. Yeah, more run. Yeah, McGurk off in the 53rd. So. Of course. Yeah, yeah more run in the starting 11. Sorry, I, yeah. I wasn't upset about Trinan replacing Austin. That seemed like fairly sensible. Hello, everybody. Summer is here. And when there's no Swindon Town, I do enjoy using my favourite streaming services to watch, you know, the same old comedies I've watched a billion times before. But hey, I love it. Okay, so don't judge. Alas, being away overseas on holiday in the chateau means I have to go without some of those shows until I've returned home. But no more. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash lowstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and the link is in the podcast episode description box. Enjoy your summer. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlook Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Payne is ready. Referee takes his time. Up comes Payne. Great penalty and Smith to the level. He hit it low and hard right into the left-hand corner as the goalkeeper looked and it's 1-1. Do you want, do you want to do your defence of Drinan? Yeah, um, I'm not particularly pinned to this view um, either way. I, I think in the LS pod chat, he's getting a few daggers. Um, and I can kind of understand why, right? Because he's come in, centre forward, who's got a bit of League Two prestige behind him. You know, 16 goals for Leighton Orient a couple of years ago when they went up. Been a bit part League One, in and out forward this year for Leighton Orient before coming to Swindon. I, I find the arguments about him not being fully fit, which Gunning has lent on a few times. Uh, in the last few weeks, oh yeah, wait until he's fully fit. See him when he's fully fit. He's been in a sort of first team environment all year with Leighton Orient, been in and out. Um, yeah, it's frustrating if he isn't fit. But I, I just think there's a couple of things you can really high hold Drinan on quite high esteem, and that's just out and out work rate and willingness, which I know don't go far. But I think that there's a man there who's absolutely busted the gut. He's desperate to do well for the team and desperate to score. I think we shouldn't judge him yet. Oh no, um, no. No, no. Um, I, I, just, I do. A bit like Hepburn Murphy on Tuesday against Tranmere. Until that first goal went in, you know, we've seen a slightly more, more bright Hepburn Murphy since since he got that first goal. And I think hopefully a goal for Drinnen would have a similar effect because he is one under contract for next year. So we have a vested interest in him turning out to be a reasonable player. And I think probably his niche in the team, if Austin's not here next year, he's going to be one of the central strikers, I'd imagine. I'd if we could get a forward better than Drinnen, I'd be happy. Um, if Drinnen's the main guy for the whole season, I think I'd be concerned. But he just looks like he's going to do a lot of donkey work. You need a bit of that in League Two. He's fairly good with his back to goal. And if he could chip in with 10 or 12, I think that could be a fairly happy existence for, for Drinnen in the, in the swimming side. But yeah, I, I'm, my plea is don't judge him too harshly yet. I think there's a player in there somewhere. I think he'd be a lot better once he gets a goal. And um, in time, we'll appreciate the donkey work. He is somebody who we will get the best out of if we if we set up in a certain way. And if we don't, he's going to be isolated. And if we do, he's going to be a very popular player. You know, if, if the sort of player Alan, Aaron Drinnen is in a team like Leighton Orient's promotion side, where you know he might start ten and come off the bench for thirty, lovely. But if he's expected to be up there alone for 46 games and he's only going to get six, seven goals, then he's not going to be super popular. So Drinnen's career at Swindon rests on how we set up next season, I think. Yeah. And I've interested your views on this. We'll we'll creep into the second half now. Mm-hmm. You obviously had Glatzel and Hepburn Murphy on for Aguirre and McCurdy. So initially that put Hepburn Murphy on the right wing. And I thought, his first couple of bits in the second half, he looked razor sharp. Um, and just as I was complimenting him uh, in the upper <laughs> echelons of the Don Rogers stands, he then takes a poor first touch and gives away a free kick on the right wing, which Harrogate swing into the box and they have a free header to make it 1-0. What really frustrated me was then the substitution that brought Austin on then just completely threw us out of shape. We kind of took Pepper Murphy off the right wing, put him... It, it, Looked at times he was trying to play kind of in the hole. At times he was playing off the left. 
And I think the great thing about that Tramir performance was we'd kind of found out we should play him wide right, where he can go on the outside of people rather than playing off the left and turning into traffic the whole time, which you then saw relevance of later in the second half against Harrogate. I think Glatzel in the kind of, in the hole, in the number 10 position, looked a bit, bit of a fudge. He didn't have a great half. Probably no. his worst 45 minutes for me that I've seen. Anyway, I didn't see him at crew. He didn't help the team particularly um McKirk had a, had a quiet game he was anonymous still, really yeah. I was still very disappointed to see him go off yeah because he is that kind of sparky player he'd had a great game Tuesday night he's kind of good bad good bad good bad at the minute and for goodness sake don't score <laughs> when he's the game he plays after he scores he's anonymous isn't he so well, apparently so it takes a lot out of him Let's remember that. Yeah, well, yes, um... indeed. He was he wasn't on, and I thought he was going off at half time, but um, he, he stuck around until the goal. In in terms of the goal, it is really one of the only times in the game where Swindon truly switched off defensively, purely because not much happened really. But it never felt like like after we conceded, it never felt like oh, we're going to concede two or three now. But that was a real it's a lovely cross and a perfect mm. header but we are napping and we shouldn't be because it's a bloody free kick well yeah it's quite literally a set piece um yeah frustrating when i think having watched it live my head went to we're swimming trying to be clever with the offside and it went wrong but i think you see where where o'connor the the goal scorer's run started it was quite deep runs past khan runs past cocolo and then pops up in the middle of the crowd so probably if you're looking for a little bit of oh, there's definitely collective blame we have not defended that set set piece well at all but yeah yeah sort of khan and cocolo didn't go with o'connor who ended up nodded it in um like I say, not that Swindon were smashing down the door, but it was just frustrating to give that grim northern side a set piece and they <laughs> score, and then they got something to hold on to. Yeah, and then and then what? and then we make a sub and it throws us out of kilter because yeah. we're trying to fudge Austin Andrin in through the middle of the pitch and putting Glatzel and Hepper Murphy wide. It was like four-two-four, and I think it was too gung ho. We were missing one player in the middle of the park to just stitch it all together a little bit. I think Devoid tried his best and I think as the game wore on he did some very intelligent things with the ball. Actually I liked Devoid. But yeah 4-2-4 it actually left the back door open a few times for Harrogate to break. They were quite wasteful thankfully. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gunning hasn't had a good game. No he hasn't. He, he did bring on McEachran later for Saidu Khan which really Nothing that really helped. changed that that it happened. But, <laughs> um, and Albazetti came on as the last sub for Godwin Malife and probably made the difference because in between us conceding, Swindon conceding and equalising, we had a lot of the ball, but nothing, it didn't, nothing felt like it was on its way really. Uh, I, I felt like we were going to score but was waiting for the the moment and we weren't getting desperately close to anything. And Albazetti came on and did add a little bit more impetus in an area where Godwin Malife was having a lot of joy or most of the joy across the team and bringing him off and just having that ability to keep it going on that side proved to be best thing that happened. Yeah. Well, where I was sat anyway, it raised a few eyebrows seemingly put in, Albazetti is your kind of first and last kind of line of defence on the on the right, but one nil down at home to Harrogate is kind of 
shit or bust with 15 to go, wouldn't it? And yeah, Albazetti, I, I like him. He's a very uncomplicated winger because just about every time he gets the ball, he does try and take people on, which I really like. And like most wingers at this level, it doesn't always come off. There were, it was kind of a tale of three crosses, really. There was an absolutely wonderful whipped right wing cross from Albazetti, which the Harrogate defender managed to contort his body and sort of hook it away overhead kick style. It was a brilliant bit of defending. I'm sure there was a Sunderland player waiting to nod it in just behind that. There was obviously the cross for Austin to score, which kind of trademark Austin, really. Um, sort of heading it back from where it came from whilst the keeper was kind of rooted to the spot. And then another cross late on where he'd done all the hard work down the right, got to the byline and then hit it straight at the keeper. Which, <laughs> you know, if he'd just managed to pull that back, I think we had Hepburn Murphy on the penalty spot. Yeah. A couple of others on rushing, but hit it into the hands of um of Bowshaw. One, one, goal, but... one moment that I forgot earlier in the in the half is we did have one cleared off the line, but the reason why... Well, Robin yeah, Malief, was it? Yeah, but it was like there was plenty of Harrogate players back there. You know, you beat the goalie. There was, there was, you know, when when it was happening, it was like, well, there's people, on, there's people there, so it didn't feel yeah. as as guilt edged as it could have been. And and that Charlie Austin goal is kind of what we thought the next. Well, when he signed, this is how we thought it would be <laughs> in terms of Charlie Austin at Swindon. That is the the type of goal that I think we expected to see 15, 20 times over um, but it hasn't happened for whatever reason and it, it was good to see and he got man of the match as a result of it Yeah, everyone wants to meet Charlie in the, uh, in the hospitality. His first one of the season first one of the season what? hospitality yeah. Oof. yeah. Oof. I'm in hospitality actually, not County home game later this month, I'll send my regards to um, our directors um, please do <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, Austin, it's a curious tale. We've we've covered Austin a lot on this pod. Um, and that's his 10th league goal of the season. 12th goal in all comps. He's been fit for the whole year, which I think we should start to appreciate when you look at how brittle the rest of the squad is. Mm-hmm. Um, he's generally always, it, no, like never in question, the levels of effort. I think our, our comment was almost always on the fact that we were having to play him 85 and 90 minutes every week, which then was to Austin's detriment, it was to the team's detriment. We didn't have the squad depth. Um, yeah, I, I think Austin's probably going to come out this season with a fair bit of credit, actually. And that's before the interview yesterday. But <laughs> it could have been such a different tale if we'd had this set of forward options through Christmas yeah. and you'd been able to use Austin more smartly. A bit like yesterday, right? We brought Austin on 53 minutes into the game and he's ended up getting an equaliser. Yeah. How do you... Well- how do you think history will view his second spell? It's when do you think the second spell is going to end? I Does don't think. I don't know. I, I really don't. But I don't think Charlie Austin's legacy has been impacted. I think this will just be seen as a, a, a poor part of Swindon Town's history where Charlie mm. Austin just so happened to return um, during it, and it just it just didn't happen. But he still, you know, people will look at his goals uh you know his his records and his stats and they'll go oh he, he did his bit he did his bit and i think that's yeah. probably fair there was there was only one real other thing that i wanted to to mention before we go into charlie austin's post match and then gavin gunnings and that was the lack of desire to win the game after we equalized i kind of and i know your notes would would say 
kind of expected the Alamo at that point where mm. we'd really go for it and try and win the game. But it simply didn't happen, did it? Yeah, well, it, it's most disappointing because we've seen Bycroft go up for corners at Gillingham and home to MK. And at home to MK, he tried the overhead kick. So that's kind of what I was looking for is, you know, if the miracle's going to happen, you've got to kind of win nine out of 11 before yesterday was so yeah well, where was the siege <laughs> on the hurricane go it just didn't happen did it and actually there was a couple of dozy bits from swindon at the back there was a, an instance of cockle putting a pass short which let Harrogate get the ball back. It led to a Harrogate corner. That took a couple of minutes down that end of the pitch. And it just kind of quelled very brief insertion of a bit of noise and energy. Well, what did you think of the Drinnen penalty shout, Rich? No, that I was did, after... I, yeah, was that I, before one? I, I didn't think much of it. There was there was no outrage from where I was sat. but I, I was think, up for it. Yeah, of course you were. You're Dan Hunt. Of course you were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen it again today, and I think I can understand why the referee has it. I think I think the, the thing the uh, Brennan's think... very clearly hurdled and then flung himself. It, yeah, it's one of those. I've, yeah, he's kind of he's really obviously looking for it. I thought Lee Doughty, the referee, was fine, and my main issue with the game was the pace of it. And the one thing the officials didn't do was hurry things along that much. But yeah. didn't seem anyone was really bothered by that to be. <laughs> It was a real going through the motions sort of sort of game. Yeah, and I wonder actually, had had we have scored a late winner, don't get me wrong, me me and the two lads, young lads, as we've we'd have got mental, yeah. and we'd have had a much happier Saturday evening. But given the performance over the ninety-eight minutes or whatever it was, don't think a heck of a lot would be changed in terms of tone for this part. It would have just been nice to have a a late moment, and perhaps you know. Drinnen wheeling away for his first goal or Austin at the double. Hepburn Murphy sealing a, a great week. Yes. But no. Uh, yeah. The Alamo never came. We all trudged home through puddles. The traffic at the back of the Don Rogers stand as we were trying to leave was very slow. <laughs> it made me think there must have been a monster puddle. Yes. That didn't and, even come. Yeah, behind the, the Don Rogers, there was, there was a big delay. And like you say, and then when we got to the puddle... I was thinking to myself, God, I would have just walked through it. Yeah, <laughs> I was expecting rowing boats. Like, exactly. Yeah. It was it was properly slow. Didn't miss my train though. Um you'll really? be happy to you'll be happy well, to know. Thanks. So final score, one one. Swindon remain in seventeenth. Um yeah. I you know three games want... unbeaten, Rich. Three games unbeaten. Um and we'll go We've for We've only a few. lost one in the last six. We've only won loss in one loss in the last six. But post match there were some pretty interesting sound bites from Charlie Austin and to a lesser degree, Gavin Gunning. Uh, most of Gunning's ones we've already discussed. Charlie Austin said uh, we just didn't do enough to win the game. Parts of the game were okay. Harrogate set up the way they did and it suited them. The pitch didn't help. We like to pass the ball around, but it's a Sunday morning pitch at the moment. We didn't deserve to lose the game. It just sums up where we are at as a football club. We're 17th in League Two. It's not good enough. Forget about top eight. We've just got to get away from where we are at the moment. Uh, he's happy with 199 goals and stuck it to the haters in his conversation with Andrew Hawes on BBC Radio Wiltshire. Then Andrew asked... 
why things haven't been happening for the last 18 months. And Charlie Austin thought about it and then said, well, last season, the manager, who we assume is Jody Morris, wasn't right for the football team. The results proved that and we faded away. This season, we lost at Notts County and we couldn't stop the rot. We haven't been consistent enough over 18 months. Charlie distanced himself from the coaching side of things, which is a big contradiction to what had been implied previously, including by Clem Morfuni. I do rather suspect that he just doesn't want to put his name to this particular period. Uh, he has respect for Gavin Gunning, even if he doesn't agree with everything he does in terms of selection. And it's a wait and see in terms of what happens next with Charlie Austin, whether it's playing or managing or the comfy seats at Talk Sport. Meanwhile, Gavin Gunning said the performance was, wasn't very good, just flat. Maybe Tuesday took a lot out of us. The pitch was very heavy. No excuses, of course, but you've got to take that into consideration. It was poor. The ball speed was too slow. Everything was clunky. Uh, we didn't know what we were doing, and it was hard to watch at times. We didn't do our job from the set play, and then we came alive after conceding. Quite sure that was true. Uh, Chaz with a great header. I'm obviously pleased we've got a point where we've, we're disappointed that we've got a draw with Harrogate at home. Uh, but it was a disappointing performance. Uh, it wasn't my favourite game to watch and then some waffle about penalties and officials. Uh, Andrew then asked about how he could find more consistent performances and stop the season from just petering out. And uh, Gunning ended with, uh, we've had consistent performances apart from the results today and MK Dons weren't great, but I think we performed really well every game. I think that Harrogate quote, which has infuriated a fair few people, is probably in relation to the fact that Harrogate are quite good away from home. Yeah, I kind of warpedly know what he's trying to say. Yeah, I think with a bit of context, it's okay. Yeah, but... we're kind of we're now at the point where we're disappointed that we've only drawn with Arrogate rather than maybe, you know, he's trying to paint a happier picture of his tenure there in New Bear. Back in January, you know, we'd have lost this somehow. Blah blah blah. blah. Yeah, but no, it's, it's not really what we want to hear, is it? <laughs> go and no, fix it. Yeah. no, go and fix it. And he and I guess he is trying to fix it, but it's I just. Uh... Nah, not for me. It just this three games in a week thing. It's not as if we've just gone through Christmas, you know. It's we've got a new squad. <laughs> I just, yeah. uh, just everybody's doing it. There's, we're we're the ones that have played the most games. Everyone else around us have got. I think there's a round of um, fixtures on Tuesday where people have got to play another round of um, three games, and somehow these teams will put out performances and wins, but. I don't know. I don't know. It's It just feels like you're protecting yourself. You can't. Oh, dear. What a season. <laughs> well, actually, on this point, um, listening to Paul Bowden in the car on the way home, he was chatting with Sean Hodgett. He'd done the co-coms. And at this juncture, we must say, um, sounds like some much better news on the health front for Paul Bowden. So we can send our best wishes Um Sounds like he's not completely out of the woods, but he's had some good news on the on the cancer front, and um, yeah, they're going to keep monitoring it. But hopefully, um, better times to come for Paul Bowden now. Um, yeah, but yeah, he was making the point actually. You know, modern football is rubbish. Um, <laughs> GPS trackers and fatigue, blah blah blah. You know, just get on with it. Like back in my day, people weren't tired; you just played every week. And yeah. <laughs> 
you know, that's kind of harking for the good old days, isn't it? But I, I do think there's something to that in the sense that from the very moment we made these signings, the rhetoric has been around must manage the minutes, must manage the minutes, mustn't push too hard. You know, we can't train, it's too muddy. We've got lads that can't train on AstroTurf, blah, blah, blah. Excuse, 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 excuse. It, it's a professional football club, remember. Um, but but also, if you tell someone they're tired, they're going to kind of act and play tired. Yeah. Um, you know, we won on Tuesday, which by this season's standards was a barnstorming win. And, you know, we are scraping the barrel this season. So just, you're kind of looking to start that Harrogate game on fire, but kick on and no, it's, you know, four changes. Everybody's tired. Glatzel and Hepburn Murphy are stiff, poor babies. I don't know. Where do you, where do you stand? I, I think Paul Bowden's obviously got a very 80s and 90s head on that. Where, you know, just, everyone's desperate to play 50 games a year. And it's got, the game's gone too much the the other way, is the point he's making. He said he, he speaks to Billy Bowden a lot, obviously, and he hears a lot about sports science and nonsense. And he's not well, all for Paul it. Bowden's been an elite level coach, you know. <laughs> he's been coaching in the EFL and the world within the Wales national team setup. So he'll know all about technology, but I guess from his side, it's just like, just, just go for it. But from my perspective is the thing that I'll sit here and, and ponder is why we've allowed to become what feels like a, a, a rehabilitation clinic for players, for other clubs, for other, for agencies. I don't know when, mm. when like, is it, for the best of Swindon Town football club. See, if all these players join us in the summer, then fine. But there's been no indication. Whereas during the first half of the season, there was a lot of chat about, oh, do we have potential to sign Murphy Mahoney? Do we have potential to sign Dan Kemp? Do we have potential to sign Jake Young and Ben Ward? Um, but, <laughs> but this time round, it's, no, we're just... We just, you know, they've got to get fit and by April they should be fully cooking. And it's like, <laughs> who is this for? Is this for Swindon Town Football Club? I just think we needed players. We needed players Cheap. for a certain price. And we have just rolled the dice or just we've got them. And those fans needed silencing. So we need to bring in a few players, but we, you know, that they're damaged good, some of them. And I just don't know. I just, it just feels like it just, yeah. The question is, who is this for? Who is this benefiting? Is it us? Because we weren't going down and it doesn't look like we're, we're bothering the top half of the table. It, who, what, what's this all about? Because you've paid hundreds of pounds this season. I've paid hundreds of pounds. Thousands of people have paid a lot of money this season. And one of the things that I didn't sign up to was us doing favours for other clubs or agencies to get their players fit. I think you're absolutely right to ask that question, Mitch. I think about as far as I can say with certainty, is it's not for Swimming Town. No. Um, now, that's not to say there aren't a few flickers of promise just to keep that fire burning. I think, you know, you could very reasonably point to Bycroft, who's shown yeah. some potential. But One they're permanent game. signings. That's a permanent yeah, signing. Yeah. So. Um, and, and I get, like, if you do these sort of favours for clubs or for agencies, then in the summer, that might bode well when we're trying to get players in, you know, that we, we did these sort of 
agreements, favours, arrangements that might result in players joining Swindon at a later date. You never know, but gosh, you know, it's just yeah. And and there well, are the, there the, are green shoots in terms of individuals, not in terms of performances so far. And that's why what you said about Aaron Drinnen is absolutely key for the players that are contracted to next season and they started out in this side in this era in this season you cannot judge them what everyone could do what they want but i, I would <laughs> encourage you not to judge them too harshly. yeah Fair the much. reason i mentioned the permanent signings the the little flickers of hope was just to almost offset that against the the very short-termist transfer business that we did and the business where you could say well who is this for and you know, glatzel who austin loves by the way um mcgurk who I think the fans are going to love. Just, there's just a couple of little teasers there, little hints mm. of, well, if we could do similar business in the summer, there might be some, but I just, I don't know, Rich. It just feels like another massive summer of overhaul. Indeed, indeed. Um, which isn't going to be conducive to um, the percentages falling our way, if you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. th- there might be that kind of 20% chance that things go well next year but I think that's going to be in spite of what's happening at the club it's going to be a kind of inspired manager that somehow gets hold of this club and makes the, the side better than the sum of its parts but I don't know I, I don't know. know well I'm, I'm pretty but... glum as are you I think <laughs> yeah but not I'm trying my best not to like I don't know I'm, I'm trying not to be angry for the sake of being angry I'm trying to see what's in front of me. I, I want to, you know, there are questions and it's great to have answers, but like, I just, I'm trying, I'm trying so hard to not be doom or gloom, but gosh, there's, there's so many flags that seem to have a certain bright red t- <laughs> tinge to them. <laughs> um, Before we start to think about closing, cause you know, there's still stuff to talk about. We might have to do it in another episode. Um, Godwin Malife got the listeners' man of the match. I don't have any objections to that, do you? No, I think that's fair over the 90 minutes, for sure, yeah. Yeah, okay, well well done. Godwin to... he's adapted well to right back. Yeah, um, probably. left back, actually. Probably one of our better performers of the season. Um, but there we have it. We've been talking for about an hour, and there were a couple of things that we wanted to cover I don't know how much detail, of course, the trust have a new board. Good luck to them. Um, <laughs> Morfuni seems to be in bother elsewhere, according to Dan Wood of the advertiser. There's a whole thing going on there, but I'm tremendously reluctant um, to discuss that before things develop a little bit further. And we've had season tickets uh, released uh, by the club in the last few days or so, which is, I think, very much for those who have already got a season ticket, not real, really much room to complain beyond the fact that we'll be still in League Two next season. But prices are going up for for new season ticket holders, um, which, again, because of everything that's happened in the last year or so, doesn't feel like a... A, a, a sum that I'd be willing to pay, but I've I've gone through a lot of things there, Dan. I don't know if you want to go for a sweep. Um, yeah, and I'm I know you're conscious of time, so let's try and do this like a CFAX um, news <laughs> brief. Um, new trust board, um, 
good to see. It's something that I wanted. Um, and having done that job, you know, I know how important that job is. Um, so good luck to all of the new ones and some of the ones staying on. Um, I think the big challenge for them ahead is you know, we know the trust board needs freshness. We know the relationship between trust and club needs a shake up. But these things take time. And I don't think we've necessarily got time. That's not a criticism of the new guys, but I probably would be a bit more pointed towards the incumbent board members, a lot of whom have now left. I would ask what they've been doing in the last two or three months. It seems they've been desperately clinging on for the AGM as the kind of clean break. But as we're going to come on to with the the Dan Wood article, which is our next news in brief, um, the, the other fronts on this war aren't going very well for Clenmore Fooney, it seems. Um, like you, I think probably there's a bit more to come out in terms of, of, of what this might mean for STFC, but it's yet more smoke, um, which may indicate there's fire. And the big difference and the here is, is, and the yeah. angle of Dan Wood's article, is that it, if it goes the way Clemore Fooney doesn't want it to go, then it could have an impact on Swindon Town. And that is the absolute last thing I want, you want, anybody wants. Right. Yeah. Um, here we go. But yeah, it's kind of, it's felt like a fairly quiet week on the nonsense front, but <laughs> to see a Sunday morning exclusive felt a bit strange. Yeah. yeah. Local news can do Sunday morning breaking news, but yeah, no, Um, in essence, good to see Downward in the advert taking up the sort of investigative journalism brief. Um, that's good. It's healthy. It's going to help keep the club on their toes. So um, well done, Dan. Keep up the good fight. And then on season tickets, um, as advertised previously, you know we're seeing that freeze in prices up until 31st of May, is it? Yep. And in particular, very pleased to see the, the under 11 tickets not go up. I think they are now, well, still excellently priced at 40 pound for an under 11 and i've got two of them that come to me so very interested in that that yeah, price me too and, and that's one area you, the club has got that right over the last two or three years absolutely but yeah the, the bigger issue here is what hunger yeah in the fan base to pay 390 which while it is a freeze is still a significant outlet of money um, and what does Swindon very Town, disappointing seasons? Yeah. And what does Swindon Town have to do to get people who weren't season ticket holders to put down four hundred and twenty nine pounds in the side stands with forty four quid uh, for their for their under elevens? So you know that 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 for the season we've had for the last two seasons that we've had, it feels like a lot of money um, if you're kind of umming and ahhing. Yeah, this is very much um, a Tory budget for your the voters they've already got. Um, it's not one for the ones you haven't got, if you know what I mean. And once the match day prices are announced, I think people will make their call then whether they will decide to pick and choose and, and walk up on the day. Yeah. And I think it, I'm happy to be open, right? If one of the freeloading work scheme ticket schemes continues i would be significantly better off doing that on a game by game basis yeah the last two well last three seasons actually i've 
I've put my money where my mouth is, buying the season tickets to back the club in the summer. And I imagine there's a fair few people with that similar angle. Do I back the club whose actions have been extremely questionable over the last 12 to 18 months? Or do I keep my money in my pocket and pick or choose? The thing that will probably lead me to buying a season ticket is just because I really like my eldest son and I really like my <laughs> nephew who I take along with me. And they love a little Saturday hours in the town. So, oh, I'm, I'm glad I the should, word should, love was should, used yeah. one bit. Well, they're not, they're not too in the weeds, are they, on all the grim stuff that goes on. They just love being out the house on a Saturday. Yeah. So that's probably what will make me end up buying one. But I can certainly appreciate if people are thinking very carefully about keeping their money in their pocket and not backing the club up front, which... You know, however damaging that might be in terms of setting budgets, this is a hole that Clem and crew have dug for themselves. This is not a fan-made problem. I want that to be very clear mm-hmm. as the as the rhetoric moves on. Absolutely. Well, under 18s at Bristol City this week, we will be podding that, and we will discuss it then. Dan, thank you very much. Cheers, Rich. Cheers, all. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds! Come on, Fridget! Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.